Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. In this episode, we're taking a look at what was, at the time of its release, the biggest selling album of all time. Now it's mainly known for the drama surrounding it. We're giving Fleetwood Mac's legendary album, Rumors, a closer look. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Dean Legiro here with Eric Kuber, fresh, relaxed, reinvigorated from my from a big, vacation. My big DC trip. Yes. <laughs> Eric's yeah, we, big we day out. Nice, very nice weekend. <laughs> Washington, DC. Brutally nice. hot, but we, you know, we stayed indoors with all the museums. So yeah, had a that's great it. time. Yeah. In plenty of indoor activities when when that's the weather, right. when you when you step outside and you start to melt, that, that's time for <laughs> indoor activities. It's like, you know. Well, we and, had a or, or even just laying, just sitting in a chair with the fan and AC on. That's oh, a, took the took big advantage of the pool on the roof of the hotel. But even there, it was like you know, you step onto the onto the concrete. Oh, a, wait, a, a pool, a pool on the roof puts you that much closer to the sun. <laughs> to the sun, yeah. Which so made we that were, just like, like needless a big to say, I was in the shade the whole time. I was like, water. There were plenty of spots on the on, up there with with umbrellas, <laughs> and I so I was sitting off to the side in the shade where Kelly was getting all her her sun in. So nice. Well, yeah. wherever you are, if you're sunbathing, <laughs> if you're in a cooler climate. Check us out each week. You can find a whole back back catalog of extra episodes where we talk about the greatest, what we feel is the greatest. I, I need to always kind of preface that. Uh, what we feel is the greatest in mu- music and movie podcasting. So find us on social media, 3324podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Do you think when people see like the 33 slash 24, do you think people know what that means? Or do they, do you think it's, they think it's a fraction <laughs> or... <laughs> I was just wondering, think, or just before we went on, I was just wondering about, I'm like, do people think that's, it's like a fraction, like 33, 24 I don't know. of something I don't is, know. or, uh, is, know, is it, is it too clever? Well, I know when we first rolled it out, what, what are you thinking of changing the name? No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, We've come too far to turn back now. That's right. Um, <laughs> I know I got some, you know, some eyes, eyebrows raised when we first rolled it out. Sure. Uh-huh. Everybody's like, what does it mean? And you know, everybody's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so once, okay. you, once you explain it, it makes perfect sense. You know, maybe we but, should put uh, a little but, definition underneath it. Then, if you're not sure, yeah. hit us up on social media, uh, or if you have a different interpretation of it, let us know what you think it means to yeah. you. Either way, it's the thirty three twenty four podcast, and we're happy 
and glad that you have uh, taken time to check us out. So, and we we promise to do our level best uh, to make good on our promise of of bringing you the best in music and movie podcasting. So, absolutely. Um, and and how could we not bring the best with this album? Fleetwood Mac rumors. Actually, Eric, I don't know if you know this. It's mm. almost a year, pretty close to a year to the day that we did our Tusk episode. This was That's not planned. Crazy. It's not. It was not planned, but it was a year to the day. Uh, Tusk was always the album that we wanted to do. That was always That's like, right. yeah, you know, the probably the most, you know, probably the most obscure of the popular stuff we've done. If we, if you, you know, our popular artists that we've done, we've pretty much done their their bigger albums. You know. Yeah, uh, the Beach Boys and Beatles, and we've you know Pink Floyd. We've taken like the top, the the cream of the crops usually, right? But for Fleetwood Mac, we kind of subverted that because Tusk was our favorite album, but it's really kind of not really known, especially when you when you post it up against rumors. No, I mean it's 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 definitely I, I would I would call it a it was definitely a dark horse back in the day, I suppose, but now. It's gained a lot of recognition in recent years. People are kind of, you know, but then again, I mean, the people are still talking about rumors too. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to uncover whatever they can uncover. I mean, what more can you bleed out of this album to, to be sure? I mean, wow. it's, it's like there's just so much, uh, but they somehow, some way there's stories to be told and yeah. Yeah, this band yeah, and, is and, like, and, you know, it carries a lot of baggage, this album. Yeah, and that was one sure. of the, I, I think I remember you saying last year, it's like, oh, you know, we really, you know, don't need to do rumors or, you know, and yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. Right. You know, like kind of, all right, like Tusk was like the thing, but, but I think it's, I think we should take a look at it. You know, I, I thought, uh, I think it's important because of all that baggage yeah. uh, that nowadays it comes with this, the, mm -hmm. the legend. Right. Um, there was a time when, when that really wasn't so meaning it was, it was part of the story, but it wasn't the story, you know, all, all, as the years have gone by and fights and firings and quittings and reformings, <laughs> yeah. it has, inf has kind of informed and, and kind of helped sustain the legend. But yeah. back in the day, it really wasn't, it was kind of a, a piece of it, but it wasn't the forefront of what was going on at least, you know, like at the time, you know, it wasn't like, oh, this is the way it was promoted. It was yeah. just something that happened to be happening to these band members as they were recording, but it wasn't like, oh, here's like the story of it. Here's a concept album about, you know, these right. couples breaking up. Yeah, I mean, and, and of us being so young, of course, when we were first exposed to it, we didn't we didn't know any anything anything like that that was going on. I mean, you, you might have read it in maybe in Rolling Stone or Cream magazine at the time, or uh, that oh yeah, they broke. You know, the couples were they were couples and they broke up during the making of this album. That's pretty much all you got. They it was didn't more go like reported. It was like reported yeah. in an article. Like that's you right. Know. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like the crux of it, although it probably had some some to do with it. But but yeah, now it's just taken on a life of its own. The 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 yeah. turmoil, unfortunately, has almost overshadowed you know this album. And it's and that's the thing. It's easy to kind of for you and I let's be honest to kind of dismiss this album in, in place of Tusk, you know, mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's kind of b become its own monster as it were. Um, yeah. so let, let's, let's do the stats and then we'll, okay. we'll get into this a little All bit. Right. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, we didn't talk a lot about, you know, in our Tusk out episode, we really didn't, we're not going to be rehashing a whole lot cause we really didn't touch on any of this for the most part. We said, you, you know, that story, um, well, if yeah. you don't, guess what? You've got an episode to find it. So this was released in, in February of 1977, produced by Fleetwood Mac, uh, my man, Ken Calais, and of course, Richard Dashett. They're, they're like the, the, the A-team for Fleetwood Mac as far as producers and, yeah. you know, uh, 
part partakers in the party atmosphere that was going on there. Too, yeah, sure. they were there. They were certainly <laughs> there, <laughs> or maybe they weren't. In certain yeah, games, I'm, I'm sure they were. I'm sure there, this was, but not there, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. You put Fleetwood Mac and Eagles in a room and see who could just, you know. Oh my do, goodness! Do it for yeah. the longest without well falling under the table, but I can't imagine. Uh, there were four four singles <laughs> released from this album, uh, in order. Go your own way. Hit number ten. Astonishingly enough, Fleetwood Mac's first very first top ten single. Yeah. Ever uh, after all the stuff that they've been through before, so turmoil is kind of like kind of like the operative word for Fleetwood Mac anyway. With it without mm-hmm. this other stuff, uh, Dreams was the second single. Hit number twelve. I thought that did better for some. Re- I thought that was like a. I always thought that was a bigger hit than Go Your Own Way. Dreams? Yeah. yeah I always thought Dreams. that was like, you know, like was was the hit. Like that was always on the radio. I thought that was like, yeah. like be- did better than Go Your Own Way for some reason. Well, it is. I mean, well, it, it eventually did become, it was their first number one. No. I mean, their only number one hit? No. Not, no. Or was it Rhiannon? Rhiannon went. Was that their? It, it might have this, but the, no, there was no number ones from this because the the third so, single was "Don't Stop," which hit number three. Okay, okay. And then the final single was "You Make Love and Fun," which hit number nine. So, you know, number three was as close as they came with, with this, but it hit number one on you know on the Billboard charts. The album hit number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty times platinum. I don't know if that's the biggest one we've talked about. That's... It's so it sold so much that it has a a, a a different designation, which is called the diamond status. Within yeah, what was that? W- within like, I think only a matter of months, right? Well, within it, within the first debut, within the within the first month, it sold ten million. That's insane. In the first month, it sold ten million. <laughs> By nineteen eighty, it sold another three million. It sold thirteen million. Yeah. So that's just insanity. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, that what, was what is it? So I, I, this band is already on the on out there it's like people have experienced this version of fleetwood mac yeah but with the white album i mean i mean to sell 10 million copies out of the gate how do people know what they're buying i mean they had what was going on experienced the band maybe seen them live they've put they've already toured extensively i'm gonna say that they did tour extensively but i yeah i I don't know what it's not like fleetwood mac before this right so just a little prehistory right Mm -hmm. Fleetwood Mac was a blues band formed in the in the late '60s, uh, you know, a la what Clapton was doing with John Mayall and the Blues Breakers, and, right. and they kind of, you know, uh, Mick Fleetwood and John McVie kind of split off. Made, you know, we're going to do a traditional blues kind of band, and they got Peter mm-hmm. Green, and that was like the thing. It was like really yeah. like down and dirty blues, uh, British blues playing, <clears throat> yeah, the British right. blues scene, and they were really the purveyors of it. But as <laughs> as people started to quit. And and they would get new members in, like the band would radically change, but not because of like not with intention. Like uh there was um let's see. By the time by the time Buckingham and Nicks joined in 1975, it would have been yeah. it was the ninth lineup in eight years. <laughs> so the group yeah. changed more times than they were for the in 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 fewer years than they were around for, right? Nine lineup changes in eight years. So you're actually changing less than once, more than once a year, you're changing lineup. So, uh, you know, Peter Green would leave. Uh, Jeremy Spencer was was like the second guitarist and Danny Kerwin. Yeah. So, and then they would leave, uh, you know, uh, and then they're in California. So they get this guy, Bob Welch. They just get him, they invite him to join because they needed somebody. 
Yeah, that not was because we're much looking at a new yeah. direction, right? It's kind of like, <laughs> we're like, like let's go to the street and see who. Literally, like, like there, it wasn't an intention because then all of a sudden you've got this guy from California with yeah. a bunch of British blues artists that gives you something different. Yeah, it was a fresh sound, and I think McFleet was always looking for. Like, he was the experimenter. I, I, I think he was always had an ear for something fresh, something different. And we can't discount Christine McVie was already in the band at this yep. point, uh, married to John McVie, bass player. Um, so she added her own version of a sort of a soulful blues type of thing, sort of, you know, blue eyed soul a little bit. But they were they were a band of <clears throat> used to improvisation. They were used to, you know, working, you know, the sound from the ground up kind of thing, recording in the studio pretty much live, I guess. Yeah. Kind of a um, band of misfits, though, just from the. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 literal like revolving door of members does not give you any stability. You've got people coming and going. Yeah, for what for and, various and not, reasons. Yeah, yeah, you know, but they're not. It's like, not like they. It's not like they recruited blues players to replace blues players. It's like the blues players no, left, they, and then they, they got, just got like, anybody. Yeah, they got okay. <laughs> you know, all, yeah, 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 exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was like let you know which which would become Mick Fleetwood's aesthetic of anything to keep the band going, like put, we'll put yeah. anybody in yeah. to keep it going. And and that was Fleetwood Mac's legacy. I mean, nine albums in, it wasn't, they had nine albums under their, under their belt before Buckingham and Nick's joined. Right. Of, of plodding along of, of literally, I mean, I'm not saying the stuff was no good, but it was directionless because each right. album, yeah. you each, didn't know who was going to be on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Each album was a kind of a different thing. You know, you got this sort of laid back sort of, uh, you know, very, very breezy type of stuff with Bob Welch. And, uh, you know, then, you know, going further back, that, that was, those were interesting times. I, I liked the stuff with Peter Green myself when they first started out. That was, they were, you know, Peter Green was just a, a great guitar player, uh, phenomenal songwriter. Um, so they had something there, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, but you know, those inter- intervening years, you know, 73, 74, like right before Buckingham Knicks, it was just kind of, kind of dry, kind of just meandering. Yeah. They weren't, it, it, yeah it just wasn't, <laughs> you know, and then here comes this young couple, uh, that basically they needed another guitar player at this point. Cause Bob Welch had just left. Well, they hadn't. Well, well, the, the right. Roll I mean, back a little bit is. Mick Fleetwood was at Sound City looking for studios hmm. to record in. Yeah. So they so Famous they play City, they yep. play him a demo like oh here you know let's play you some music so you can hear how great stuff is recorded here. <clears throat> so they pull up Buckingham Nix's solo album and, and Buckingham Nix were a duo. Yeah. That was destined for obscurity. They were they literally were getting dropped or had gotten dropped by their label. So they had one album. And Mick Fleetwood, oh yeah, that's that sounds really great. And he was kind of impressed with the guitar playing, but was not in need yet, right? Mm. It was still like, oh, we're looking for studios. Then Bob Welch, you know, p- pounds the pavement. And is like, oh, who was that guy? You know, what yeah. was that? What was that song? What was that record? So they they approached Lindsey Buckingham, um, and he says, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but you got to take my girlfriend too. That's right, package deal. And, no. and they were already kind of almost. They were kind of on the almost on the outs already. So that was kind yeah. of a really. Um, Interesting thing that he did. I mean, he could have just cut cut bait, right? And just said, okay, bye. That's true. You know, I'm gonna chase yeah. the big time, but but he brought her along, which would turn turn this group on on its on its head. I think whatever was going on personally between them, um it was always it was always understood that even if they're at their worst, 
the music was when they when they got together to work they they were consummate professionals and that's in that aspect they from what i understand they they rarely fought while they were working together you know mm -hmm. writing you know building songs you know together and that kind of thing i mean I, the occasional disagreement i'm sure but nothing to the extent of when they you know weren't working you know <laughs> dealing with their personal stuff now the, to go you know i guess we need to go a little further back there and and talk about that as well you know lindsay they were both you know very young i guess they met you know at, you know in high school young in, in high school there was a they were in a band called fritz uh, uh, with a, with a fellow guitar player named Wadi Watel was, was, uh, uh, <laughs> one of their, one of their great friends. And so they, you know, and I think Lindsay was the bass player of that group. Was, am I, am I wrong about that? Or, or you might, I, I think so. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so I think and, he started and they out, struck out on their right. own. You right. Know. They struck out um, on their own. And, and, you know, Stevie was like, you know, taking odd jobs as a waitress and things like that, cleaning houses, doing whatever, support them. You know, cause they were, they were destitute. They were, they were really on, you know, on the skids and, and Lindsay would stay home and work up his material. And, and, and Stevie was, was, you know, more happy to just support them both, mm -hmm. but, but, but becoming a blossoming songwriter in her own right, you know, so, so hard times for sure. And, and I, I don't know exactly what the moment was or what, what, what it was that actually, you know, drove them apart. It's not really known like what what exactly yeah. was the catalyst for them to break up or to have these yeah. problems. But you know, like the, this, the way it's told yeah. is that she basically she left him is, okay. is kind of the thing. And, and yeah, uh, it was very difficult. Um, if you haven't heard the Buckingham Dicks album, I don't think it's on Spotify. Um, you need to find it. Go on YouTube. I'm sure there's oh, it's, YouTube it's, it's rips amazing. of, of yeah. the entire album. It is an incredible album. Criminally underrated or or not even rated because they never got the opportunity, but um, you want to hear like basically they took their sound and transplanted it like literally did a transplant right into Fleetwood Mac. Like they literally yeah. shot what they were doing into Fleetwood Mac without really changing. That's right. But what it did is it changed Fleetwood Mac. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they didn't come into the group and adapt to what Fleetwood Mac was doing. They came into the group and, and kind of adapt to Buckingham Knicks. <laughs> said, here's, yeah, here's, here's, yeah. What we're, here's what we're bringing to the table. And, and it ups. Yeah. Christine McVie ended up upping her game. You know, she was, she's a very consistent songwriter, but right. her songs got better. They did. And, you know, we they, have they're to, always we very have to... love lo about love and, and very positive. Right. But they just got, they got more tuneful and they got better, better arranged and, and just better, better. And we, we have to credit Mr. Buckingham for that because, you know, as Mick Fleetwood said, you know, yeah, we were used to do, you know, just writing, improvising, do, you know, like I said before, like just, you know, cutting the songs live in the studio, whatever they worked up. Lindsay had a sense of, of, of knowing how to make an album. Apparently he had that production sense already. And the, you know, they were just starting out. So, you know, you know, so he had that, that flair for, for working within the studio and using the studio as, as we always say, as an instrument and, 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 you know, very yeah, much and him, inspired him and, by Brian Wilson and, and him, him and John McVie clashed yeah. more than a few times, especially in the beginning, because Lindsay would be very hands on. And, and John yeah. McVie famously said, listen, I'm the Mac in Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> you know, like I'm the, ba you know, I'm the bass player, like, like kind of yeah. like trying to put like, don't for, like, don't, don't yeah, forget don't. you, you're, you're the hotshot with all the ideas, but don't forget, like I'm, I'm the Mac and you know, in, in this right. band, we're the founders, That's but, right. but in the end, they both would agree that, that, you know, the, the results they achieved were, were beneficial and positive. So yeah. yeah, he brought that, 
basically basically someone that would start to steer the ship. Really, that's what it was, and that's what they needed. So they, they come they out needed. with what's called yeah. the White Album, which um, it took over a year before it hit number one. So it came out not to much fanfare, but but they worked their their tails off, touring and touring and touring and spreading mm-hmm. the message. And eventually, fifty eight weeks later, it finally hit number one. Um, and and it was a you know so you could call that a minor success if it, if it takes a year to hit number one. You know, yeah. it wasn't a sensation right, right from the jump. It was kind of like, okay, you know, let's let's do this. But um, and you can hear it's kind of it's got a rough well, to sound. Fair, to it I mean, who, to, who to knew rumors. who Fleet? Yeah, you know, let's let's yeah. be fair. Like, who knew Fleetwood Mac at that point? I exactly. Guess only the, the, the purists would would know. You know, and they but, were probably the, pissed they off. Were, yeah, they were probably the ones <laughs> saying, "Well, this what what is this? You know, this, this California crap. You know, like yeah. I, I want the blues. Yeah." So, so Fleetwood, yeah, they did. I guess they had to pay those dues to, to get, you know, to get known. Yeah, they really, they really got know? behind it and really just toured or it. Renown <clears throat> got got out there, and so, so for all intents and purposes, even though Fleetwood Mac was around for nine years, this is like yeah. the debut album of a band. I mean, for you could right. consider this yeah. a debut album because this is a, a total reset. You know, even from the yeah. Bob, even though Bob Welch is a California, he had more, like you said, a breezy, laid back style. Yeah. Um, th- this was more, more kind of rock pop, uh, really smart, you know, and then you bring in another, another female vocalist into the mix. So you're not just replacing Bob Welch one for one, which you do, yeah. but then you're also bringing in another, you're bringing in a third voice, which now just kind of increases your harmony, uh, you know, potential, mm-hmm. uh, for, for that kind of, th- that kind of songwriting or that kind of singing. So that's going to enhance Christine McVie stuff. If you got two people behind her as well and, and her and, and Lindsay Buckingham got on famously. So she would, he would sing, you know, he would trade lead vocals and lead lines with her. So yeah, um, he brought it, a it, sense it, of harmony to the yeah. band for sure. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, having the three voices singing simultaneously is, is an amazing thing to hear um, for a band. That's just basically used to having one singer. <laughs> you know, at whoever, a time, yeah, and, at, or at in someone going you know, ooh and ah on the back, um, right? <laughs> like, yeah, this kind of brought them, Christine McVie. That you know, she yeah. brought that, but yeah, and it's but, not uh, yeah because Mick Fleetwood and John McVie don't really do do anything, so it's just kind of right. like very, very, <laughs> very kind of bare bones, very sparse, yeah. yep, sounding band. Now you've got this fuller sound that that you're coming in, and yeah, you're bringing in someone that Lindsey Buckingham, that's a studio hound, and and you know, overlaying and dubbing and and all that kind of stuff. So it, it really kind of brought. A, a totally different sheen to Fleetwood yeah. Mac, and you really hear it on Rumors. If you listen to the White Album, you listen to Rumors. It's got a, it's it's got a sound that that's unlike anything. Though I was just listening to it again, and I was cranking it. I'm like, geez, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those albums that you're going to take complete. for granted. It's it, it's it's in everybody's collection probably, but it probably doesn't get listened to enough because it's Rumors. It's like, okay, yeah, I know dreams and i know go your own way here on the radio all the time but or if it is know, listened to it, it's listened to because it, it might have a, a like a, a more sense of nostalgia or or taking you back to something you know during that summer you know uh, but who's listening to the production of rumors i mean and like you say people do take this album for granted i think uh and it's it's one of the most well-produced albums ever oh. ever made yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's yeah, just no got doubt. a great sound. It, it, the, mm-hmm. the original working title was Yesterday's Gone, which is a, a mm-hmm. lyric from Don't Stop mm-hmm. by Christine McVie. And and yeah, well, you know, Christine McVie and John McVie were, were in, had broken up. So Christine McVie was fooling around with, I don't know, one of the stage crew or whatever, you know, roadie crew. Um, 
Buckingham and Knicks were breaking up. McFleetwood was breaking up with his wife, even though his wife's not a part of the band. But there was all this turmoil going on, yeah, which was, was fodder for songwriter. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. yeah. She was cheating on him with, with, her, with his best friend, apparently. Wasn't, so he, wasn't McFleetwood married to Jenny Boyd. Patty Boyd's sister, Boyd's which is sister. George Harrison's yep. wife that he right. pined over? That Eric and, Clapton you know. stole from, <laughs> from George <laughs> Harrison. So there's all this... <laughs> Do they all just go into a room and put their, put their so. room keys into a bowl? It sounds like just a swingers club. It's a, just it's a British shit. thing, man. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> is that I, what it I, is? Yeah, I guess so. It's like a lot of like, as, the, as well, Clapton even said, you know, when he was talking about George Harrison, it's like there's a lot of swapping going yeah. on back in the day. And I, 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 okay. Well, there, there it was. So Fleetwood Mac had, had yeah. certainly had their share. And then they had that, you know, they had these breakups, which are, you know, the mm-hmm. famous story. But um. At the time, those were real raw. Now, now you look at it as, oh, it's a soap opera thing, and you can kind of detach from it. Yeah. Um, but at the time, these were real raw emotions, um, and having to go to work with somebody, you know, you know, that that broke up with you or that you broke up with. Um, and usually, when you break up with someone, you don't see them anymore. <laughs> you know, you right. You know, that's you, right. You, you end that. That's the point of breaking up is you end it. But but in this case, there was a business concern. That yeah. these five people were involved in that, and and it's not like it was the Fleetwood Mac of yore, where they probably could have cycled out the members. Now they have a number one <laughs> album. There's expectations. There's hits. Um, they they've been put on a path that they can't kind of really get out of. Um, yeah. and, that, and that's where rumors come. You know, kind of comes to very, the forefront. Very striking contrast. You know, we keep we keep bringing it up, but it's like if you stubbed your toe, you got you know, you I left the band. I left Fleetwood Mac, or yeah. you know. That's all you needed to do. Like, yeah, there's even a here. phony Fleetwood Mac touring for a while. One of the managers was like, put out, had a second group going around, call themselves Fleetwood Mac. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their, their history is already quite messy. They they didn't really need this. <laughs> no, but I guess that's the trade off. They they got monumental superstardom uh, at at a cost of having this kind of uh, this story behind the album. And it, I mean, it is true. I mean, they were breaking up, but um, the music that came out of it you know, is probably, you know, probably some of the best music, right. Is when you're, when you're in, when there is turmoil and there's conflict. Yeah. That's when you kind of, that's when your emotions kind of are, are rubbed raw. And that's when that stuff comes to the forefront. And uh, some I, of it wasn't pleasant for, you know, like, 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 and go your own way, you know? Well, lyrically, yeah. I think that's, 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 that's the case, but yeah. I think musically speaking, I, it, to me, it's a very bright album. I mean, yeah. it, oh, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's weird. It, it, you know, it's not like maudlin, you know, sort of like, you know, Oh, we broke up. So, you know, much of that would, would appear on Tusk yeah. actually. So it's almost like, like we talked about like the day after they realized that all this, yeah. you know, the big party is over now that, you know, whatever, <laughs> if this is like the success of rumors is the party. Right. And we're yeah. celebrating the fact that we're all broken up and we, we made this tremendous piece of work here. Uh, but then the next day they go back and well, we realize we got to do this, you know? So we, yeah, the, the we production absolutely betrays the lyrical content. Like, yeah. It sure, you, you, it sure does. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's bright. It's sunny. It's, <clears throat> and the songs are catchy. Well, like that's said, right. And, and go your own way. Lindsay Buckingham's like packing up, shacking up is all you want to do. And Stephen yeah. just got pissed off. She's like, I, uh, you're, you're, you're making people think that I slept, I slept around with a bunch of people and that's not true. And she's like, you know, you yeah. need to change that lyric. He's like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so every time he would sing that song, she would get pissed off because it's like, bro, bro, you know, well, I think Lindsay, putting your dirty laundry out there. Right. Yeah. Lindsay always he took it the hardest, I think. He did. I mean, he and, was, and he did I didn't realize years. that he, he was he's brutal. He's very brutal. Very. He was hurt. 
he yeah. was hurt and he just never lived he just never let her live it down like she yeah. she just oh my she got the brunt and yeah. you know there are songs on the album yes we broke up but let's you know it's also talking about moving on you know right there's there's like you know, there's a positive spin on some of the songs too like okay we're broken up and now like let's face the next chapter in our lives that kind of thing uh no Lindsay no he, he's like nope. <laughs> he's gonna go for the gut you know like Second, secondhand is. news which was inspired yeah. by Jive talking that that beginning part he heard Jive yeah. talking by the Bee Gees with that ch- ch- guitar right that chugging guitar and he yep. kind of kind of like got that that got into his head and he's kind of like oh okay you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of grab that and 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 make it my own yeah um so it's it's great to hear like the contemporary you know you always think people write songs in a bubble but then you ever sometimes hear about artists that will hear something contemporary and be like, Oh, I kind of dig that. And then they process it through their own mechanisms and it comes out as something else. And that's what yeah. secondhand news is. When you hear that, just think about drive talking for a minute and you'd be like, uh, I, I a little bit. It. It's got the I shuffle. It. Yeah. Sure. yeah. It, it, it's, it's definitely there, but yeah, his stuff is a little like never going back again. That was actually about an affair he had it, uh-huh. d- during this with a woman, but it's still the, yeah, those so- his, his songs are definitely from a, a more of a hurt, person view. perspective yeah. and stevie so, nicks are, are more from a hopeful you know it's it's over but you know kind of a little a, more hopeful yeah, let's move I guess. on it's like yeah. we have to and face then, tomorrow yeah yeah you know and then christine mcvee's just always happy even when she's fooling around with people the she's most like, optimistic song don't, on the don't album. stop don't thinking stop. about right. tomorrow that's and, right yeah <laughs> you make love and fun with the guy she's fooling around with yeah like, here you go she just you know she wears her heart on her sleeve god bless her she's just like you know or john when she's in love she's always happy much to his chagrin i'm sure he's probably just sitting in the corner like you know it's like rubbing it in my face you know like i can't write it i don't get to write a song you know i'm the bass player although they did all collaborate on on one song and this is one of those groups yeah. um that that is individual songwriters we we talk a lot about about songwriting teams when they write together it's a common thing yeah. this is one of those bands where they all wrote their own songs there's really no co-writing credit except for the chain which was written by all five of them which is a lot of different songs kind of stitched together and what's mm-hmm. one of their most popular it's always their uh their concert opener it's a great um, song. But it's other than that, it, other than that, each one kind of writes in a bubble. They kind of write their own stuff. But Lindsey Buckingham usually will help tighten things up. He did that with Dreams. Yeah. Dreams was a very sparse song, but he was able to kind of pull it together with some different chord changes. And 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 that's the thing is he says, I'm always he's always gonna, you know, it's not always easy, but he but he's always gonna be there to help make good music. He's not gonna spite somebody. You know, he could have. He could have really, he could have really tanked. He could have tanked a lot of songs for her but he, he makes them better if you listen to her solo stuff and you nobody, listen to the stuff that, that I, i've said it does, before in the know. tusk episode or i think i might have said it in in his in lindsey in, in when we talking about his latest album he, nobody can make her songs better sound better than he can to this day i i believe you know they made such beautiful music together yeah. Uh, and then Christine McVie too, the collaboration with her like you know he, he puts his own but it but it's different it's a different vibe a different feel and you know they click together, but you know musically speaking, I think. Yeah, I think with Stevie, Simpatico. with Stevie, he understands where she's coming from, yeah. and he knows exactly what to do there. Like those little brushstrokes, those flares that he puts in her songs. Re- reference the song "I Don't Want to Know." If you want to hear just yeah. a great du- duet vocal, um, mm-hmm. wow, it's one of my favorite songs off the album because it's just it's yeah. a it's a punchy song. And, the, and and it's, it kind of gives you a glimpse of the Buckingham Knicks era, but even better sounding, you know, they, you know, the yeah. Buckingham Knicks 
album was a little kind of rough around the edges just because it probably wasn't a Production lot of money wise, spent yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah, but but you put it into rumors and they do I don't want to know. Um, I have a version somewhere, I forget, it's like a bootleg or something, without any of the instrument instrumentation, it's just the vocal. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's yeah, just it was, great. It, it's it just was great. a song from that from that period, wasn't it? It was like written in yeah, I think, they, they had yeah, they had yeah. they brought Bucking like what would have been their second album, they brought yeah. that material forward with them and and you know in remnants in one way or another more so on mm-hmm. the white album they had crystal recycled yeah. yeah, recycled some songs so yeah um yeah just a great and you know what i was thinking about and this is the thing is is what is what is there new to discover about this album it's funny because i was thinking about it over the past couple of days i'm like well what how, why why did people buy why did people buy 10 million copies in one month yeah right why yeah, why we- what 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 could have possessed all these people all of a sudden to grab this yeah and one thing I thought I thought about is, and I'll ask you the question: uh-huh. before before Fleetwood Mac, before they came, they burst onto the scene. Who were the two main artists of the of the California sound? And we talk about it a lot. Who were the Eagles. two main Eagles for Eagles. sure, and and uh, a female artist perhaps, Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt, right? Yeah. They were the two yeah. big uh, flag bearers, uh, standard bearers of the California sound. Yeah. In Fleetwood Mac, you basically get the Eagles and Linda Ronstadt in one unit. That's true. That's right. I mean, obviously, obviously, Stevie Nicks is not on the caliber of Linda Ronstadt, but you're getting the Eagles sound, Mm -hmm. which people loved. And they were coming off of what? Hotel California. I mean, they were in the middle of their own, you know, uh, home run cycle. And Linda Ronstadt was unstoppable at the time. Then you get this band from California. That's kind of a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah, you get that I, dynamic. You know, I, I, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, I'm, I was trying to. Th- I'm trying. I was trying to like think about like what would possess all these people to do this. Um, what other groups because the other, were there? The other album wasn't Gangbusters. It, it hit number one, but it, for, it wasn't like you know. Yeah, but it just took that time to, for people yeah. to get to know them, get to feel you know. And who? who let's look at let's examine some of the groups that were uh, who who you know. We had Mamas and the Papas. Maybe I mean you had you know women and. There weren't that many, weren't that many groups no. that that incorporated both and had those tight harmonies and musically very, you know, dense and rich. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac was was a was a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think people yeah, were just came, ready yeah. for for that, you know, that so you know, the, like yeah. I said, the great, you know, it's not slick, but it's a great, a, a really greatly produced album. So it's really not, it's easy and enjoyable to listen to. It's, Even the slower stuff like "Oh Daddy" and, and some of that atmospheric stuff, like "Cold Dust Woman. Woman," yeah, and yeah, you can like still really, you can still dig your teeth in. You can still sink your teeth in. Just that. the right amount of experimentation on there, I think. Yeah. There's just just because you know me, I'm the weird guy. I love that kind of stuff. But you know, songs like "Gold Dust Woman" and and it, it just the right amount of peppering of just those little like things that are, that are just make it that much weirder than just say yeah, they, they dreams go, or, you know, pop all the time. Right. You know, it, you you know, know. you're bringing in sitars and he's playing like the dobro and he's in like this d- different instruments, you know, and they're howling and screeching and <laughs> yeah, just like, all kinds know, of different things. Yeah. You, so you, yeah, yeah. They weren't afraid to go there just much right. like the Eagles would throw in a strange song on their right. album. Like all of them weren't <laughs> like all the, the albums were. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like they would just kind yeah. of do those things just to kind of yeah. put it in there and just kind of remind people, okay, it's not all just pop music. We can kind of, yeah. we can kind of go a little different. Songbird was just a beautiful 
song by Christine McVie. They actually recorded it in a concert hall because they, yeah. you know, the producers the felt like this, piano. Yep. this needed something special. It needed an arrangement to it that, you know, of sparse arrangement, albeit, but just something special about it. So they, yeah, they got a piano and I think they brought her roses and uh, yeah. she went and sat at the piano and, and, and performed champagne. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole route. I mean, yeah. yeah and you just have great. a little, you just have a little acoustic guitar <laughs> there, you know, uh, I think just su- supporting it. Yeah. And th- and that's it. You know, so not everything was was layered productions and and all that. They can they can do they they showed that they can do it all. But when because they, they did had, you, had three, those... you had three tools, you had three players yeah. that can bring different things to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he bring Lindsey Buckingham always not not on this album. You would see it on Tusk. He would start to bring the quirk. And that's what he became yeah. known for. <laughs> yeah. You know, Stevie Nicks would bring the hits and Christine McVie would bring the love songs. You know, that that was kind of like so, so there was something there for everybody, and that's what fil- that's what filled me. I'm not necessarily a Stevie Dicks fan, but I like Fleetwood Mac because of what Lindsey Buckingham will bring to it and, and bring to the other uh, the other songwriters' music as well, right? And, and no what doubt, enhances he brings three distinct personalities music wise, and but then to have him come in and just wrangle it all together and just make something cohesive out of it, even when they're not cohesive in their minds, or or they're they certainly not, you know, they don't choose to hang out with one another or yeah you know at this point there but the, the the professionalism is what gets me and and like i said you, you still got some of the greatest music ever produced on on these albums and it's just a shame that 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 that, that joy and that exuberance isn't shared collectively throughout the band as as you know and yeah. they don't treat it more like a family i know i know mick fleetwood would like to think that that's the that's the case yeah, he, and I think he's, he's always like a dream, he's optimist. All, yeah, he's always the you know trying to big, like they call him the big daddy, right? They, he's yep, trying to yeah. like, you know wrangle everybody in and like oh you know but he's he's trying to be the negotiator and you know between them you know but, but he gets involved in this stuff himself like <laughs> you know he ended up having an affair with Stevie Nicks at one point and we didn't know that until his book until much came out. much longer yeah much longer. yeah that book that came out I think was the late eighties and I, that that was a shocker I was like wow. You know, so every now and again, you get these revelations, you know, then it's just who would have thought who would have thought like you just looking at the album cover, the inside sleeve of this thing. You, you had no idea that these people broke up. They're standing around they're They're laughing. They're smiling. It has it, it doesn't really project that sense of. Of heartbreak to me, like mm-hmm. both musically and, you know, just the yeah. aesthetic of the album. It just doesn't, it doesn't represent that to me. I don't know. I don't know what it, but Tusk. Yeah, certainly because it's just weird. And, and, you know, so of course it goes off in a whole new direction, but, but yeah, rumors in itself, like, I, I just don't get that the vibe or at least, or, you know, when I was young at the time and I had it and I listened to it for the very first time, it's like, I had no idea these people were even, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the magic of it is, is like we said right. earlier, like these, these great, pop rock songs mm-hmm. but dealing with these sub you know subject matter that is you know none of the songs are really happy songs right you know because uh, you and you know, i, I but, mean, but I they all we, but 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 you could listen to to i don't want to know and think think it's like this bouncy pop song yeah you, you know, and i well we we both pretty much said that we at, at first we didn't really pay much attention to lyrics and music was always the first if it sounded good then you go back and you listen and like, wow, what, what made it? The lyrics don't really, really you know, match that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, it's hard, but you know, that's the contrast. That's, that's the hook that gets you in. And I guess that's, you know, a lot of people relate to this album in that, in that sense. I think, you know, heart, you know, I'd rather, I mean, it's hard to write a happy song. 
It's it really. I think lyrically, I think the people will good, always good say, day, as, "Good day, sunshine." <laughs> people will always say that it's harder to write a happy song or, or a song about you know, yeah, without it coming off you know seeming you know cheesy or or sort of you know cringy <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you, you can't help but feel. And I know the best of the best have 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 written songs like that, and have always been like, "It's one of the worst songs I ever wrote," you know. Yeah. But uh, we wouldn't think so. But you know, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, interesting statistic. We we said at the beginning that it, it sold ten million in the first month, and it sold thirteen million by nineteen eighty. Yeah. So basically, it sold like another three million in like two in the in the two or two and a half years after that. Right. Well, in between nineteen seventy nine, Tusk came out, and it only sold two sold two million copies. So rumors still outsold Tusk. Yeah. <laughs> Years after it came out from from nineteen eighty, it was still selling like major major copies. And then Tusk comes out, which was considered basically a failure at the time. Yeah. Um, because it only it only sold two million, and and how could you not have that hang around your neck when? the first month of a release you sold 10 million which was unheard of yeah and then your next one only sells 2 million yeah so i mean you can understand was... where, where the record company like yeah you know right but i it was a bold choice and i i, I i'll defend it <laughs> to this day like i i will always say artistically speaking it's the album they needed to make yeah. you know from that standpoint at least they got one out there that that stands apart from from yeah. the rest and you know then they went back to the kind of formula with mirage yeah a little bit too a little bit although but you can't really you those. can't really go back it's just it's just you start but just still had some music. of those flourishes right it's still you yeah. know Lindsay was always doing the, the, the that quirky stuff so yeah, he always, couldn't go know. back after that and once he no. started that no on that path that was kind of his trajectory but on 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 rumors he's a straight up kind of acoustic guitar playing and that was another thing too is a song like never going back again is kind of taken for granted yeah and all these years people didn't realize that that was just him playing one guitar and it wasn't until recently that he's gotten like all the accolades for playing stuff like this and it was like back yeah. then it was just taken for granted as like just oh it's like a you know acoustic guitar with this guy singing you know mm -hmm. um but not really uh uh, respecting were the the the, a, the virtuosity, the virtuoso well, performance, right? Well, there was a lot of people like that at that time too. Don't forget, you know, you had a lot of the troubadours out there, singer songwriter, guitar players. I mean, yeah, everybody was playing guitar, you know, was, you know. But he was experimenting with, with more than that. I think, I, th yeah. I think, and I think that's the reason why. Like, I, and now I now I know, you know, that that ex that answers my own question as to why he was experimenting with less guitar in like the eighties would like go insane and, mm -hmm. and things like that. when he was playing a lot more keyboards and, and, and weird sounds and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, he kind of stepped away from it. I mean, the guitar was there, but it was, it was layered in. It was like, just oh, yeah, a no, little, it was, like it was, you know, it was definitely more studio producing and less. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Guitar, bass, drums, keyboard mm -hmm. type stuff. It was, de yeah. he definitely kind of embraced that, you know, kind of flurry. He was already a guitar player. So it's like, okay, well, what do I do next? Well, let me learn how to, how to right. produce and let me learn yeah. how to, do you know the the studio techniques and all that kind of stuff, which he which he heavily embraced, and then would bring to his solo stuff and his and the stuff with Fleetwood Mac. Mm -hmm. um, there was a song that that did not make it onto the album because it was too long. So Stevie yeah. Nicks had a song called Silver Springs, um, and and they had the album arranged, and it's like we we can't put Silver Springs on the album because it's too too long of a song based on what we already have. So 
we got to drop it and you got to do something else, which would end up being, I don't want to know because she was yeah. kind of pissed. She's like, why, well, you know, that's not fair. I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be on the album with only two songwriting credits. Da, da, da. So she, <laughs> you know, they did, I don't want to know. And they stuck, stuck that in. Cause it's a, it's a relatively short song and it could fit, you know, again, we're talking about the constraints, the time constraints of an LP. Yeah. Um, and it was relegated. I believe it was a, it was, it might've been a B side to like go your own way or one of the, you know, it got a minor release on, on the flip side, but not as a part of the album. Yeah. Um, it would rear its ugly head. <laughs> in in when when Fleetwood Mac reformed for the and I'm glad it didn't I'm gl- I'm I'm actually glad it didn't make it onto the album because I think it would have t- it would have tilted it uh, towards yeah. towards more of a somber a somber tone okay. you know I think there's just enough of those slow songs in there to uh, you know you you take out I don't want to know and you put in Silver Springs now you've got like Oh Daddy Gold Dust Woman Songbird you got a lot of this down tempo stuff you know so I think it. It, it was it was a it was a good idea to kind of leave it off, but I'm, even never I'm, going back again is a little bit yeah, and even that it's, is, it's slow yeah, too. So it's it kind of yeah, it's, it, it, I think it would have changed the tone of the album a little bit. Right? Yeah, you're right. So so they reform yeah. 95, 96, 97, somewhere around there, um, and they 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 do that. You know, the tour was called the Dance, and they reformed, and and she would she brought out Silver Springs. A, I think it's probably one of her best best vocal performances ever. Yeah. Uh, that version, that version, it's actually better than the recorded version. And she put Lindsey Buckingham on blast during that song. She like, you know, if, if there was anything that, that he, for all the times that he played go your own way and she didn't like it. Um, you could tell she, she let him have it with, with those, those lyrics, yeah. you know, and I get chills. I get chills every time I watch that, that performance, Cause she is, you know, you'll never get away from the sound of the woman. And he, she is singing it right at him. Right. She's not looking yeah. at the audience. It, you know, you can go watch the video on YouTube. Maybe we'll link it. Yeah. Um, she's looking at him and she's like laying it down somewhat 20 years later mm-hmm. um, that this still isn't over. You know, that like, there's still that, those feelings that she could deliver it like that Yeah. in the way that she did. It was so, in, the end of the song was so intense, mm-hmm. you know, that you know, was I, uh, a, I could that have was loved a, you, but you wouldn't let me. All those, you know, all the stuff that she had kind of pent up that was a little bit darker was in that song uh, yeah. at the end. And you know, that album in itself, when it came out, that live album mm-hmm. was wasn't just you know uh, you can't dismiss it. It, it. it wasn't just a throwaway release or just a greatest hits. Oh, we're just you know whatever. This is that, that was a special thing. Yeah, they actually. I mean, the yeah, like you say, the performances on that record, they were, it, it was impeccable. I, I think the whole performance, the I, I would argue the entire concert, is great. Every single version, I think. You know, of course, that's when Lindsay pulled out the big love with just the acoustic. That was the first yeah, time. Then he would do it that. to death. <laughs> <laughs> but he also did. You know, his uh, another version of that slow version of "Go Insane." Of "Go Insane" to death, which is, which is not on the <laughs> album itself, but it you know it appeared as as uh, you know B side of something else. But but yeah, I mean, I I would yeah, like I said, I would argue that every performance is is fantastic on that on that record, and it and it really. Re, I mean, Fleetwood Mac were alive again. The whole yeah. everything came flooding back. The experience, you know, all the drama, all the thi- all those things just came, and they were that they kind of survived it. Like yeah. you know that that was the thing is you know he yeah. got you know Lindsey Buckingham got the boot. McFleetwood does what he does. He grabs the closest people available and starts filling slots, and they kind of right. 
and they and then it got to the point where Stevie Nicks left as well and they replaced her and then it was kind of like it went dormant and then mm-hmm. um you know they reformed for for Bill Clinton's uh, 92 uh, inauguration yeah. or whatever he asked them to reform and that kind of got everybody on speaking terms again and and you know, uh, yeah, I, this, I, I guess it's a blessing and a curse rumors, right? Because it, it was so popular that it allowed them to to do things that they wanted, like Tusk and do yeah. and have solo career. So there's the blessing. You know, the curse is that they're always going to be known as as the bickering, the fighting, the breaking up, the relationships, you know, the the, yeah. the, the soap opera aspects of it. It wasn't really tawdry stuff, but it was just it was just a lot of and, you know acrimony and, and and this just isn't stuff you know. that's being written about them either. This is stuff that they just play they right t- into. They still talk, yeah. They play right into it, and they and they're it's almost like they're feeding this to the you know yeah. the public. Almost, it's like you might as well just you know just have a a, a reality show. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, you just put it out put it out there like that. Well, you know, I, I'm surprised they didn't. You know, you know, especially when they, you know, what I think the closest thing to that was the documentary about the making of the Say You Will album. You know, yeah, because uh, they had they had cameras everywhere for that. They had cameras everywhere, and there was that bickering. You see it. It's like, and I was really shocked by it because I was just like, really, after all this time, you see Stevie Nicks like yelling at, like, "Come on, Lindsay," and he's yeah. he's sitting there crying, and you know, it's like it's. Yeah, it's like wow, because <laughs> they really they, they really played into the multimedia thing. I think yeah. at that point, and Lindsay, I think he's he hams it up, man. He, I think he knows what he's doing there. Like I, I honestly think that he's they're both in that that sort of diva stage where they just they eat it up and they just yeah. love putting that stuff out there. And it's it's a shame, but you know they do what they do. You know, I guess. I guess yeah, it keeps it's, them it's, alive, a, it's a fine line between relevant yeah. and and becoming like a parody. Yeah, you know, yeah. like at some point you kind of have to, you know, imp- you know. I guess what it is is they're embracing their legacy. Yeah, right. They're not yeah. kind of like, oh, don't you know, like don't ask them about their relationships, like in an interview or something. It's like no, they're yeah. like you know, it, it's <laughs> it's unfortunately it's a, it's as much a part of them as their music. You know, and I just don't want the music to be overshadowed. That's why I think we needed to do this episode. It's a shame is that is that yeah. the music there should be listened to. And, and I, I can listen to it and not have to be thinking about, you know, the, whether or not they're breaking up. Cause I didn't, I wasn't a part of it. So yeah, it's, it's, it informs some of the music, but um, I could just sit there and, and listen to this as just a spectacular album. Cause that's what it was. You know, people, was. like I said, people weren't grabbing this. Oh, this is the, the breakup album or whatever. It was just, no. you know, I mean, it defies, it defies logic. A lot of, a lot of critics and, Music reviewers don't know mm-hmm. why this album did so well. Yeah, I you mean know, it was critically acclaimed. You you look at yeah. you look at it now; it's like like five stars across the board. A perfect album, the absolute like I I don't I don't remember seeing anything ha- having that per- sense of perfection. Like ratings, like yeah. critically of like you know all the great critics back in the day, Rolling Stone, and you know. Uh, it, it, yeah, you see like A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus. It, it's a you know. What is it about this album, or is it that makes it that perfect, that 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 great? You know, I, I don't know. I don't really don't know the answer to it. I mean, it's it, it really, but it is a perfect album if you listen yeah, to it. It's, and it's, it's just got some. It's got some magic to it. Every song. That, that's is what it great. is. You you can't no filler. Yep. If if it defies if it defies explanation, then, then it's, it's got to be magic. Honestly, right? right? There's yeah, got to be something I, yeah. in, in the grooves that that we we can't put into words 
Yeah. But it's there when you listen to it. And when you and and yeah, I I don't really put this album on that much, but for this episode, I listened to it a bunch. I'm like, well, you know, like I I forget because like you said, it's easy to kind of throw this one to the side because everybody's mm-hmm. got it in their collection or or is aware of it, but because of because of the you know the the story of it, not because yeah. of the music, you know, and the music is getting sidelined. I think it's important to kind of just put this on and listen to it for for that. Um, and it was, and this was f- during their famous, you know, drug fueled, you know, their their drug fueled well, binges too. They weren't they weren't the most big time. Yeah, they yeah. weren't the most sober doing this. Like one one no. of the record one of the owners of the record plant, uh, you know, the studio where they recorded, said, you know, the band. This is a quote: the band would come in at seven, come in at seven at night, have a big feast, party till one or two in the morning, and then when they were so whacked out they couldn't do anything, they'd start recording. That's when they started recording. Yeah. I, you know, so so that was it was like the it was Eagles. I don't know I if it was it. Eagles level debauchery, but um, all <laughs> that you know that 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 era in in California in the seventies was just drug fueled excess. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just just a nonstop party. So the fact that they were able to kind of pull it together, the fact that that them and the Eagles came out on the other side as well from that, with no with no like you know drug casualties, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, also speaks for itself. You know, Lindsey Buckingham kind of distances himself from that now. He doesn't really acknowledge. Uh, Stevie Nicks absolutely does. She's like, oh, you know, co- you know, she had to go into rehab and this and the other thing. Now. But yeah, um, that that part they they really downplay. The, you know, Lindsey Buckingham will be very evasive in interviews about that. Mm-hmm. But he'll talk about how much you know how much you know acrimony there was between him and Stevie Nicks. But when they you know <laughs> they talk about the other thing, he kind of he kind of backs away from it a little bit. Kind of you know downplays. Yeah, it was well, you nobody, know nobody likes to really. I guess I don't know. Uh, there is that sense uh, that point in time where people like they have their regrets. They you know mm-hmm. I like I like when people admit their their demons and in, in the past and and now they're seeing you know oh yeah we you know we we were so like crazy back in the day but <laughs> that was california though and i think a lot yeah. of maybe the reason that the album sold so well to begin you know maybe people were were privy to that perhaps you know people in california could think of regions too yeah. like where did the where did the album sell you know that's in, a good in, that's in a good point um is it you know so people picked up on that yeah people in california were partying all over the place i mean so yeah this is it could be this could be the ultimate party album at that point in time or, or something you know, we, we definitely identify with that. Yeah. And maybe just maybe, that, maybe yeah, for you know. people on the East coast, it, it epitomized the, right. You know, the California lifestyle and, and kind of felt yeah. that way. Um, yeah. There's not one, I couldn't find like one overriding reason that, that it was, it was just something that just kind of, and again, a, a band plucked from obscurity. It's not like they were recording like this for years and then they had their, their, their zenith you know their magnum opus like yeah like u2 or rem they're you know it's like the, it's a ragtag you know group of people you know that they put together and then their second album just kind of explodes in their literally explodes in their face right this is re- amazing like when, like we talked it like this revolving door of p personnel yeah. moving in and out and like an unremarkable <laughs> band for sure <laughs> You know, for <laughs> then and then, yeah, the superstars. Yeah, like nameless, faceless, and then yeah. uh, it, this it, this was the be- the g- biggest selling album of all time. Oddly enough, would be unseated by another album that only had a one word title, uh, which would be Thriller. Yeah, from Michael Jackson. Now that you can you see now that album, you can kind of pinpoint. A, there's a lot of things that happened with Thriller. You know, there, there was okay. the advent of MTV, right? Playing the music videos. Right. Brought it to a whole other audience. He broke that that color barrier as well on MTV. 
So he was one of the first black artists that was getting played. So it, it was that. Uh, it was the radio airplay. It was music video. You know, it was thriller as a long form piece of 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 art. Yeah. Right. And, and as mm -hmm. a video, and everybody, I remember staying home to watch the premiere of Thriller. Yeah. Right. And parents were watching it too because their kids were making them watch it. So you can kind of look at Thriller and, and kind of parse where where it came from and how it how it kind of just soaked itself into the consciousness. You know, mm -hmm. Michael Jackson was a big art. He was he was well known from the '60s as the Jackson Five, then the Jacksons, and had a yeah. solo career. So you can kind of chart. Michael Jackson says, okay, he's, right. he's, wor yeah. he's working toward, like he's working towards it. And then thriller explodes. Fleetwood Mac, you can't chart, the, you can't chart the same thing. It just doesn't no. make sense. It's no, it, it doesn't, you know, with any other huge, even, even Pink Floyd, we talked about dark side of the moon. Yeah. Not that their other albums were gangbusters, but at least they were, had a stable, a stable group. They were plugging away. They were working yeah. towards something and then they, they achieve it. You know, this is right. basically a brand new group that was around for nine years. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly. You know, so it, it kind of, it kind of defies logic when you put it up against other great selling albums that are not greatest hits. So when you put it up against some of those other yeah. monster yeah. albums, you can see, oh, born in the USA, this was his pinnacle. Springsteen mm -hmm. was working towards it or, or anybody, any of those groups, you really, right. You can kind Nobody of look heard. at it. Nobody yeah, heard you can, of you can chart it. or Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that they were scrubs. Said, they were nobodies. That that being said, I remember um, you getting into Law and Order, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day. Which and was I'm Lindsey like, Buckingham's first solo album. Right. Those. I'm like, who the hell is Lindsey Buckingham? And you're like, Lindsey Buckingham, Fleetwood Mac. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't associate Lindsey Buckingham yeah. at, you know, you know, I I didn't care who the group members were. You know were. what? He still never forgave you for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's still no, angry over you. Not but, associating. But that's the thing. Like, like I never. I it, it's like it's one of those things. I think for you know, to, in in full disclosure, I mean, the reason I I I love that album was, hey, they were two pretty good looking chicks in this in this group. You know, like I I was I was real obviously I was you know Stevie Nicks was you know. Yeah. Everybody, every young Everybody kid was in love with her. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and who cared about this guy with the big afro, you know, standing yeah. next to her? I like, I, I didn't know. I mean, he looked like, you know, looked a lot like Jeff Lynn or he looked like Brad <laughs> Delp from Boston. He could have been or, any or one of those Delt, guys. That was, that was, yeah. the, that was the, that was the <laughs> yeah. look back then. The look, right. Exactly. Was, so was he be, was bearded and thin and, and, and big very bushy thin, hair. Anorexically thin. I yeah. mean, it was just, yeah. I mean, and wearing these like long drapey type of shirts yeah. and, um, yeah. And it's like, I didn't really care who, you know, the group members were. It, it was just, I just love this music. You know, yeah. it's like, wow. You know, and it really didn't occur to me that they, that this guy would, would, you know, would jump out as, as this brilliant artist. I think you were the one who actually really, steered me in that direction because i was the big stevie nicks fan at that yeah. you know yeah you and you and, our, you and you and our you and our friend johnny were like team yeah. nicks team stevie team team stevie well and i was like Lindsay all was, the way you no know, but <laughs> we Lynn, chose yeah, sides right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean you know it's it is what it is and you know you do it yeah. you start to appreciate those things and 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 most definitely I don't know if he ever got that appreciated. I think he'd he'd like to think not. I think over the years he was very disgruntled about yep. you know I never got the recognition. You know, the critics loved him, of course, yeah. but he just wasn't commercial. He wasn't commercially successful, right? Yeah, unfortunately, Cri critical critic, darling of the critics, 
but that doesn't pay your bills. Right. Right. That doesn't, you know, I mean, of course, not that money was a problem. I mean, you're, you're living off of, you know, Fleetwood Mac. It's kind of like, you know, you you don't need to worry, but I'm sure from a a personal, you know, in a developmental standpoint, you want to, you want the, 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 the crowds to love you as well, not yeah. just the critics, you know, not, yeah. and, and not as, you know, cause then you start to doubt, well, well, is it because of Stevie Nicks is in Fleetwood Mac that, that uh, they were so popular? Like uh, you probably start to second guess yourself, right. In your position, yeah. and maybe Christine McVie starts to think, well, you know, th- they come on all of a sudden, but I've been here for nine years and now all of a sudden we're so popular. Is it, you know, what do I have to offer? You know what I'm saying? Like you can start to probably true. Yeah. Second and third guess yourself from different positions, you know, from, yeah. from any one of those different roles of, well, what, you know, I wonder what they, going- they were never better and never stronger th- than when they're with Fleer Mac. And, and he said it, you know, we, Lindsay Buckingham said it the best is, you know, the, the sum was greater than the parts, you know, yeah. taking separately. They're just not as strong. It's not like, you know, Stevie Nicks was popular, but she wasn't a knockout artist you you know her stuff kind of got redundant and kind of the same type of thing but when they would get yeah. together with Fleetwood Mac it would there was something it was always some special sauce there you know I, I, yeah you always that, you always look people forward converging. to that next album yeah, yeah. always you know I know we did yeah we waiting with bated breath for like tango because you knew it was going to be out. interesting I knew it was going to be yeah. something interesting that yeah. that was the thing is you knew no matter what it was, you were going to get all these different you didn't know what where where it was going to lead because they were they they had done that that left turn with Tusk that they had the ability to kind of do different things, you know, and, and mm-hmm. they, they pretty much straightened out towards a straight up pop, you know, yeah. pop trajectory after that. But still that, that element was there mm-hmm. of, of, you know, things can, can be a little different, you know, and, and there'll be the popular stuff, but then there'll be that other stuff that people don't, you know, don't gravitate towards, which is, t- yeah. t- you know, usually tends to be the Buckingham stuff on those albums is kind of the weirder stuff, but I say that's the best stuff. Of course, and I would, I'm like 100 agree with you today. And like, yeah, of course, you know, now yeah. that we're, we 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 kind of know what we're talking about now. <laughs> but uh, or, or at least, so what do you hope. think? Any parting, any parting shots? Any last words as we wrap well, you, this up? You, you mentioned magic. Uh, this album being magic. When when how did you like? What was your first? Uh, how did you how did you get it? How did you come into you? Like, how did you own it first? Did you have it on cassette, vinyl? You know, was it CD? Hmm, that's uh, for- a good question. I, I mean, I know that, you know, the album was banging around like in the local library. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, that that's like having milk and eggs. Having having that in, in the library is kind of like, you, you know, standard stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think the, you know, maybe my aunt had the eight track. Uh, so oh just God, different yeah. form, it was just everywhere. <laughs> like that thing was just everywhere. You, you literally couldn't get away with it. Can, can get was. away from it. I I, I um, distinctly remember hearing it in other people's houses. Yeah, like somebody always had the album, but somehow miraculously appeared. It appeared in my in our record cabinet, <laughs> and like you say, it's like magic. You know, like I don't I didn't get by this album, and I don't think my I don't think it was my brother's because I don't he think stole, he's, he stole he, another one, Matt. I don't think he's into <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. Um, I, I could be wrong about that, but maybe he, you know, whatever. But. So I, to, my, to the life of me, I don't know where it came yeah. from, but it was there. And it just, it, just like a lot of the popular albums that's like ELO's Out of the Blue yeah. and, and you know, some of some of some others. Uh, but yeah, where these albums came from, I have no clue. Yeah. And, but they were there. And I, so yeah. I, I was and, fortunate and to have dated. them on vinyl. I, it doesn't you know? sound dated either. I mean, it, it is no. of the 70s, 
but it doesn't employ the gimmicky stuff of the 70s. And it certainly doesn't sound like anything from the 80s because no. the 80s was was its own sound. So does it have a classic sound? Sure. But that sound, you're, you're kind of hearing that stuff kind of come back now, yeah. that, that kind of uh, just a classic rock pop sound, not, well, not on the radio, but um, do it, you or, consider or maybe, this- ju- maybe just because it keeps resurfacing that it never sounds dated. Yeah, because it keeps entering the charts. They, they, there well, was that t- generational too, like a year ago with the with yeah. the cranberry juice and the guy on the skateboard. Right, it, it keeps resurfacing, so it's kind of like it does. always. And now you, and it's now like always reaction there. Reaction videos. I I was yeah. actually watching one today. This whole, I think it was like fifty kids listening all at once to the chain, and they were all crying. Yeah. By the end <laughs> of the song, they're they're like tears are streaming down their face. They're like they wanted to go to lunch. <laughs> no, they were loving it. They, you know, I've seen that only once before with um, "Time" by Pink Floyd, where people were weeping. Yeah, people they cry. Were yeah, I've cried. seen they get emotional over this. Yep. And I, I love that. I love seeing young when you sit and listen, impressionable mm-hmm. minds today being being floored by this. So because it's it it is, I'll I'll always refer. You know, like. If I could, get, if I could get some kid to sit next to me and say, "Listen to this, listen to this," and and try and blow his mind, that that would be right. that would make me very happy. And hopefully, you know, with the advent of this podcast, we're doing that. For yeah, some, and, and I think there, so. I think just it, it it's one of those things. It just kind of like I said, it's it's and maybe maybe that's maybe that's the brilliance of them always giving interviews mm-hmm. and talking about it because it kind of keeps it front of mind and and people will read an interview about it that may yeah. not have seen an interview from four years ago yeah yeah you know, and then they'll check it out and, and this album just kind of is it, it it's beyond evergreen at this point oh yeah i mean it, it's a part of of just everything it's you know it's it, well like it I said, blows it's leg- my mind it's legendary that they're, that they're still touring stevie nicks is just she just she just did a show somewhere like they're in their 70s for god's sake i mean they're still you know, there's still life to be. You know, and yeah, they got to put they got to pull it together for one more. Put I, I really, we, I we, really we've hope told that this happens. sad tale. We've told this sad tale many times too. Is yeah, put put it aside, pull it together, and I think they could because they've done it before. That as much as they don't get along, they also understand the greater good. They they're one of the bands that understands the greater good. Yeah, for as much right. as they don't get along or or bicker or whatever. You know, and and Buckingham, you know, I think everybody but Stevie Nicks at this point, they're they're pretty much all game to go out with a bang. Like, let's finish it, yeah, and be done with it, and and you know, put put the final stamp on it. I would yeah. love to see that because Buckingham is, like we said, is a, he's still in great voice. They're all still in great voice. So if they, they could, do they could that, pull it off. Yeah. If they pulled off like the end of the road or whatever they want to call the tour, yeah, um, you'll pack them in, and then then you then you sail off into the sunset. Yeah, you know? it's got to happen. It should happen. You know. So we'll All right. let us know at 3324 podcast. <laughs> Would you go see Fleetwood Mac reform with, with what's known as their classic lineup? Uh, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook, 3324 podcast. You'll find us there. Join the conversation. Let us know about it. We'd love to hear your, your opinion about that. Would you go see them? Are they too old? Is it too long in the tooth or, would this be something that would be uh, be up your alley? Because maybe we'll all go together. Then. We'll all kind of converge and buy a bunch of tickets. <laughs> Our collective but group, yeah. In, in, in the meantime, that's going to do it for this episode of the 3324 Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a blast. It's always a pleasure talking about some of these great albums from our past. And, and yeah. you know, we're, we're going to kind of close the book, as it were, on Fleetwood Mac. This is going to do it. Rumors is, is the pinnacle of their career. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a blast talking about it with Eric. So for Eric... This has been Dean, and we will see you 
on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important. So make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 